Hi team, welcome to Beyond the Field, your property finance and general discussion podcast series powered by Money Empire. We're a team of financial advisors here to help you tick off your property and finance goals. When we share Beyond the Field, we mean this to be beyond whatever field you're used to. Money doesn't have to be scary. Buying a home doesn't have to be painful. And planning your financial future, whatever that may mean, doesn't need to be tough. That's why the content you're about to hear is designed to educate, inspire, and help you tick off your goals. If you don't have any yet, that's cool too. Our team have helped thousands of clients with their financial journeys over the last 10 years. Clients can be anyone from first-time buyers, young folks trying to get a plan in place, or people with extensive property portfolios. We're Kiwis, but we're here to help people abroad too. By listening to this podcast, you're hearing the up-to-date information on all things financial. Sometimes, though, we can change it up and get guest speakers in. From industry leaders, legendary sports stars, local cafe owners, and stories of everyday people. Beyond the Field should help you transform whatever vision you have for your future. Let us help you take back control, remove any fears or doubts, and feel secure. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. And today we're going to have a quick discussion about the new tax laws and how they affect rental property owners, but also the people who are renting these homes. Um, I'll hit you guys with some stats first. 77% of the respondents to a survey done by New Zealand Advisor Online um, in terms of landlords uh, said they would increase rents to offset the tax increases. And the median rental increase would be from $20 to $30 a week. That's around... A thousand bucks to fifteen hundred bucks a year, but forty-two thousand people are moving between temporary and accommodation, meaning they are somewhat homeless. Tell us your thoughts on how these new tax laws are going to affect rental property owners and renters. Very clear. If you're an investor that has a rental property. From this tax deductibility law and higher taxes, you're just going to up your rent. I don't care what people say, what the government says. If you are losing money and you've got to pay out of your own pocket on an investment property, and we're talking about probably, I don't know, a figure, maybe 70 to 80% of people in New Zealand that have an investment property will be in this boat, they will increase their rent over that four-year sliding scale period. At some point at some point and they'll do it periodically every year Mm -hmm. to align themselves that when you cannot claim any interest deductibility on your investment property you are cash neutral and that figure has been portrayed out there that the average investor will have to cough up around three thousand to four thousand dollars per year on that interest portion that they can't claim back which equates to about thirty dollars per week increase on their rental property every year. I agree. I solemnly agree. Obviously, this is, again, our opinion. How is this going to affect the people that are struggling, the people that are renting, the people that are homeless? So I think what's really important, and um, I know, Esther, you've discussed this with me, is that not? I think the government misses the point here. Not everybody wants to own a home, or it's even achievable to own a home. So We never we, talk about that. Yeah, and we talk about, look, we talk about oh, it's, it's a fluffy world, it's a first home buy, everyone needs to own a home. Look, that's not the reality. Some people just can't. H- how can some people save $100,000 deposit, right? They can't. And they might not have family to help them or whatever. So let's look at it at a realistic point. 
And we need this as an economy and as a, a housing market, you need people to rent. So not everyone's gonna own a home. So firstly, the people that don't own a home will have to pay rent. And remember, they will have to pay rent whether they have a job or they do not have a job, and that can be retirement. So that's a big thing that people always think that you own a home, you pay off your debt, and in retirement you have a debt-free home. If you don't own a home, you're still paying rent. So there's a big issue there. And there's always a portion of the population that will rent, and that's through historical data through for the last 100 years. There's always I think going back to 1926. 1926, from the data that we can uh, trace back to then, there's always been a portion of the New Zealand population that do rent. Um, Nothing's ever been discussed around from that point of view. So who's going to feel it most um, in the pocket is these people that are going to be renting or the people that uh, will never own a home. And unfortunately, that's a stark reality for a lot of people, uh, for instance. Anyway, you jump over to Europe and go to France. No one ever wants to own a home. They Mm. never plan on owning a home. It's a different mindset. So I think we're in a different time now where that is slowly creeping back to New Zealand around the mindset of younger people, middle-aged people thinking, do you know what? The reality of me owning a home is never going to come about, so I'm just going to continue to rent. Why are we obsessed with purchasing a home? Why are we obsessed about owning? Why are we obsessed? Is it just the fear of missing out? No, there's a Kiwi dream, and it's to own a white picket fence with a piece of land to have your kids playing in the backyard. That dream is decreasing based on Um, high density living urban sprawl and growth in our population and if we look in correlation to um, uh, the UK it's high density living until you get two to three hours outside of your main city like London and that's where you're getting your white picket fence in but those houses are worth two to three hundred thousand pounds and that's the same as New Zealand like if you get two to three hours out of your main city like Auckland you can get into regional areas because we're a lot smaller. So your house prices drop uh, dramatically. So th- this is the diff- the mindset of, of a Kiwi is very, very strange and different. Around property in particular. How do we solve it quickly? How do we solve it? Well, Grant Robinson thinks put a rent price cap on, on hiking, which is absolutely absurd. Um, how do we solve it? Uh, it needs to be stripped back. It's not a, it's not a solution. Um, there's not one solution, sorry. It's not a, a time frame. It's, we know property cycles roughly work in 10 years, and that's from historical data on how we know. We know you ride through ups and downs. It does correct itself naturally. We're in a real strong environment with super low rates, super cheap money. People are just going crazy. That will settle down by interest rates increasing probably over the next two to five years. Which slowly. will also increase rents? <clears throat> um no, I don't think so. Stabilization around that. So that will naturally work. Um, the big part is, I think, encouraging supply and encouraging supply down from trade level, right? So getting people into the industry and all types of trade, building, electricians, plumbers, earthworks, all that kind of stuff. Helping developers build good, cost-effective, cheap homes we know that from a finance point of view, funding for development is very hard and scarce. Opening, opening up opportunities like that. I think what the government's done around opening up infrastructure and putting, I think, $3 billion towards infrastructure or something like that, great. And encouraging councils to unlock land and provide consents quickly. Easier said than done, though, I think, because like we've 
witnessed before we go on any further it's hard it's hard for councils to do do they have the funding for it we don't know i don't think i, so. I just don't think they have the infrastructure behind them like what i mean by the manpower and the woman power to actually do that as quickly like i've personally been through just getting consents to redo a kitchen in a back wall and my god the pain point and the cost of that was something so minor is quite full-on so imagine when you're a developer having to go through um urban design consents all this kind of stuff your costs add up and your time frames add up and you've got carrying costs on all that so look there's not i don't think there's one solution i don't think there's an easy fix i think you've got to let the market ride and correct itself which will naturally always does um and stop the media making beat ups and fomo fears for people that's the big issue hopefully you enjoyed the podcast today for more info on this podcast and a heap more Check us out on Beyond the Field on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. And hit the subscribe button. Take the reins of your future and feel empowered with Beyond the Field.